When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another edition of the Pucks with Hags podcast. As always, I am your host, Joe Haggerty. You can find my work at joehaggerty.substack.com. Join for a premium membership to get all my content sent to you. Uh, You can also find it now at the Boston Sports Journal. I'll be writing uh, three columns a week for them, uh, mostly around game coverage. Maybe we'll beef it up a little bit in the playoffs, but uh, shout out to Greg Bedard. I'm glad to be on that site and connecting with him and, and getting more Bruins content out to you guys. Thanks, as always. We got, as, as Kevin Paul DuPont called it, the Les Miserables edition of the uh, the Pucks with Hags podcast here. The Boston Globes, Kevin Paul DuPont, the Boston Herald's Steve Conroy. Thanks very much for joining us. And r- real quick before we get into it, just want to thank our sponsors, FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, make a $5 bet right now. You get $200 in bonus bets. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Download the app. Start betting away. The NHL season is here. FanDuel.com slash Boston to get going. And also uh, Factor Meals, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Uh, Ready in two minutes. Chef-made, very healthy meals. Delicious meals, too. I've I've had plenty of them. They're very good. Uh, So go to Factor Meals. We'll give you more information on that at the end of the podcast. Dupes and Steve, thank you very much for joining us. Um, I haven't talked to you, I think, since the season started. Just your thoughts on not only the the last win uh, over the San Jose Sharks last night on the West Coast, but just the first three games, what you make of this team. Steve, why don't you kick it off? Yeah, it's, it's really hard to know what to make of the team. Um, they've got three wins against three teams that no one really expects, you know, are going to be in the playoff section. Maybe yep. we reassessed Nashville. They had a good win the other night in, uh, against New York. Um, and, and, if, so but, really, and if Bedard really goes supernova, maybe the Blackhawks get into if he turns out to be this amazing player. We'll see. Yeah, and I mean they got they got handed handed it to him pretty good last night uh, yep. in, in Colorado. Um, yep. So we'll see. You know, it's really hard to hard to say. Offensively, you know, they're going to have to work for, for their goals. Um, you know they've got a third line and a fourth line i'm just not sure how how the first and second lines are going to configure uh and yep. that's that's a concern um so we'll we'll know a lot more about them after they play the la kings tomorrow night we don't won't know everything one one game doesn't you know make or break a season but it's going to be a a pretty tough test against that uh you know th- that team that has three really good centermen right down you know down the middle with uh, dubois kopitar and Danelle. Yeah, and, and I mean, I, my first column for Boston Sports Journal will be out soon. Basically, and I've, I've written about this a couple of times, I think really, and we all think this, defense and goaltending is going to be the name of the game for this Bruins team this year. I think we're going to see a lot of 3-1, to 3-2, to 2-1 two, two to one games that we've already seen here uh, where they're going to come out on top because the defense and goaltending is outstanding. And, you know, you look at the team rankings right now in the NHL, uh, second in goals against right now, second in save percentage with a 952 save percentage, obviously really early, just a few games into the season, but they're like middle of the pack, 15th or 16th in NHL and offense. That's definitely, 
if not even worse offensively, where I expect the Bruins to be this year. And I think that's sustainable to be a playoff team, but I think we're going to see a lot of what we've seen in the first few games, and it's going to be tougher to do against uh, better competition. Dupes, your your take on uh, the first three games here. Yeah, all of what you guys are saying. And first, Ags, congrats on the Bedard venture. And that's, Thank you. Uh, yeah, good, good for you. Good for good for Greg and the uh, and the product. Um, so a number of things here, which is you know, and again, I can't contradict anything you've said here, other than uh, to add that uh, we, it, it's really impossible to kind of forecast what the offense is going to be because of what we talked about from the outset. You've got you know the, the offense is going to coalesce around. Uh, your centerman, as it always does, and we we still don't know about the one, two, three, four order. Patra looks like you know a, a, a decent prospect. Whether he's going to stick or not, we don't know. Yep. Uh, um, uh, the two big centers. What I suppose what's impressed me most, and and hardly this jumps off the charts, but is I, I've been impressed with Frederick's play because you know wherever they're putting him, he's 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 more than I've seen from him. Yep. Now, does that does that mean I'm going to say the same when we we do this again in a couple of weeks? I don't know, uh, but uh, that that's caught my eye. Potter's caught my eye, but what we'll see there when you see how Bedard uh, struggled last night against the Avs. So when it's when it's up against the the six two six three guys who are you know have full game, they're men. Let's not forget these are kids. Joe Thornton had seven points his first season. So it take it, it you've you've really got to kind of you know really take it. Now on the same hand, Sergei Samsonov was rookie of the year that year and and right. had had a very productive season and was a a smaller guy. So I, I would say all in all, uh, thus far, too small a sample size. Uh, encouraging that they've won their three games. There's only a handful of teams right now who are undefeated. Uh, that's a good start, and we'll see just where. Uh, again, I think it's going to be. Two issues for me. How does the offense coalesce around all these question marks in the middle? And do they have th- some thump on the back end? I, I think losing Connor Clifton was, a, was it's obviously it's not a monumental deal, but yeah. I like that snarl when it was there. Yeah, and he brought a different look than a lot of the defensemen on that core right now bring. And they, they missed that for sure. There's no doubt about that. Um, and you know, there, there were some things to take from last night's game that were encouraging, I guess, offensively, uh, all the goals were even strength goals. That's something Jim Montgomery wanted to see. And that's why he changed the forward lines, uh, going into that West coast trip. Uh, he had nice things to say about, to your point, dupes, Coyle, Frederick and JVR skating together as a line, kind of a, a third line, uh, big puck possession line work the, in the front of the net. And some of those, dirty uh you know just get it in the net and and scramble and and keep punching until it goes in kind of goals that's what that line's going to have to do and i think they will be able to do it with the size and and the guys that are on that line um so it'll be interesting to see if if that stays uh but there are things that are not sustainable about what we're seeing right now offensively too you know Pasternak's got four goals in three games and he scored in every game and you know, he's probably going to score in most games, but uh, I don't think he's going to be able to do that every night. And what are they going to get and who are they going to get it from uh, when he's not putting it in the net? Um, and, you know, I don't know that he and Zaka, I thought they were better last night, but I've still not seen a ton of chemistry out of Pavel Zaka and David Pasternak when Zaka is the is the center. That That's certainly something to watch. Um, but, I, you know, it, it, you also got to temper the expectation. I think we're going to know a lot more as far as answers go, or a little more anyway, after they play 
the Kings, to Steve's point, um, that's a quality opponent, really the best opponent they're going to face so far. So I think some of these uh, questions are going to be answered. Did we see um, Patra sort of maybe not shrink, but like sort of step back from the forefront a little bit for the first time last night when he's been put into a, a bigger role? Now, he na- made a nice play um, that led up to Marshan's first goal where he got the puck in the zone, threw it down uh, below the goal line, and then got off the ice, and then Beecher came on and ended up setting up Marsham for the goal. That was a nice play he made there. But other than that, I thought he wasn't too visible uh, in this game. Is that Are we going to start watching a lot more closely the next handful of games leading up to this nine-game uh, limit before they got to decide whether he's going to stay or not? Or do you, either one of you have your minds made up that he's probably here to stay, regardless of what we see in the next five games? Well, I, I think he he's probably going to stay. I just uh, I don't know what kind of year he's going to have, but I I don't think he he would gain much about from from going back to to Guelph right uh, at this point after a um, ninety five point last season too. He pretty much dominated yeah, that league last year. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, a game like last night was inevitable. I mean, I, I would have rather have seen him you know play well against a team that wasn't that's not very good. And, you know, because he's going to have a tough time uh, on Saturday night yep. uh, against wh- whoever he's going to be matched up with, whether it's going to be Dano or, or whoever. Um, but, yeah, he made, he did make a nice play. You know, that's kind of his, his patent, this patented thing where he curls up, you know, in, inside the the blue line and, and finds some space and, and creates, you know, some some uh, possession for the team. Um, I, you know, I, unless he completely falls off a cliff in these next five games, you know, I, I think he's here to stay. I, I, I see him. More, I see him more as a tweener at the moment. Uh, you know, in a, in a perfect world, which is kind of ridiculous to bring up, but I'll bring it up. That's what I do. Uh, <laughs> if it, it, I'd be far more encouraged about his ability to stick, his ability to be a contributor, if Krejci and Bergeron were still here and he was yeah. in a defined fourth line role and. You know, fourth line, you can get comfortable. You don't see the biggest checkers, all of that. Uh, if 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 he's if he's here and they're really going to be counting on him, I think that's a big ask right now, especially because not only are those two guys gone, it's still a question who's the one and two here. So I, I think it, it you know the the contributing factors here are their dearth of legit centermen and the cap situation. Uh, if if the cap weren't here, they could be they they might have been able to go out and found a more realistic two or three million dollar answer in there. Let's not forget that's kind of what Geeky was going to be, right? Uh, yep. And now Geeky's in this sort of quasi center floor, which is fine. I mean, wherever he contributed, yep. and I think he is a contributor. I like his size. I like his legs. But he's if, been if, a he's been a good uh, security blanket for the kid. Absolutely. Yeah, for Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm not, I, I'm not holding out a lot. I mean, I like him. I, I think he was an excellent pick. I think he's going to be a player. I think if the expectations here are that he's going to be somewhat of a difference maker and I'll probably eat the, and I'll be happy to eat these words. I, I don't, I don't see him at this size, this age, this team as being a difference maker. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I know a little, I look at it a little Duke. differently in that in that <laughs> snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get two hundred dollars in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a five dollar bet. 
That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Let's not kid ourselves. This is a somewhat a transitional year, right? It's a right. kind of a rebuild on the fly. And, yep. you know, he's going to have to take his lumps. And he's got to, you know, learn by playing. Um, and, you know, if they were a team, if they were a team with real Stanley Cup aspirations right now, I would say send them back. Um, but, you know, they're trying to they're trying to rebuild this thing and he's got to get some NHL experience. And some some nights it's going to be, you know, some some tough medicine. Um, but I I'd keep him. Yeah, I would too. I mean, I think at this point he was a gift from the hockey gods dropped into their lap, exactly what they needed a, a center, a young center with skill that they could be able to plug in with skilled players like Brad Marchand and get something out of. And it like, you know, as I mentioned before, even though I didn't think he had a great night last night and there were moments where he struggled and points he struggled and there's going to be peaks and valleys to a 19 year old kid playing in the league. He did make a really smart veteran play where he dumped the puck below the goal line and he got off the ice and that set up the goal. And that's not something you see always 19 year old kids do. Sometimes they're trying to do too much. Sometimes, you know, they're going to try to make a play that's not there. Instead, he does the simple thing, gets off the ice and lets Beecher come on and who I thought was one of their best players last night, Johnny Beecher. I thought he had a very good game. Uh, and, and he's you can see the penalty killing possibilities with him, with the speed, uh, with the aggressiveness and the physicality. He's made to be a penalty killer, and he really seems to have found a home in that fourth line role. Um, and he ends up setting up that play. And he set up Marshan later on, too, with that little one handed push pass that Marshan went in on, on a quasi breakaway and didn't end up scoring. But, uh, you know, there were definitely some positives and some players that I really liked watching beat your chief among them last night. Uh, but I think Patra's uh, ceiling and his potential, they have to keep him because they don't have a better option. What are they going to do? Send him back to the OHL and bring Patrick Patrick Brown up? Like, you know, what I, I like Patrick Brown. God bless him. But, like, what's he really going to bring to this team? Like, you got to go with the higher-end uh, player that's got the much higher ceiling in, in Patra. Um, any guys, uh, to your mind, that have not – through three games and it's early, we got to throw that caveat out there always – that have not lived up to expectations, that have not lived up to what they've done in the past, have struggled out of the gate a little bit. One of the ones I would mention, who I think has been up and down, is Jake DeBrusque. Uh, he hasn't put yeah. the puck in the net yet. Uh, he took a really bad uh, hooking penalty last night that wiped out uh, the last 30 seconds or so of one of their power plays. I just don't think he's where he needs to be. And, and frankly, in a year where he's it's a contract year, he, there's a lot of money on the table for him. I have not seen contract year kind of play out of him through the first three games to this point but either debrusque your thoughts on them or anybody else you feel like hasn't lived up to expectations right now dupes go for it 
I'd agree with that on Jake, uh, which is not all that new. He can be streaky. He can take him yep. time to play into his game, all of that. And, but to his, uh, to his side, if you will, uh, I've always liked him better on the left side. I'd like to see them leave him on the left side yeah. and see if they've really got a, a, a legitimate rush line there uh, because he's got those legs and uh, it's his natural wing. Uh, if you if you're going to end up paying him, pick a number here, six and a half million a year over again seven or eight years. Uh, put him put him in his best situation. Put him with his best guys. And I don't know if that's going to be opposite pasta, uh, and it's going to be Zaka or whomever. But you know, to, to 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 their benefit, to his benefit, I'd say leave him on the left side. Uh, so yeah, he has to, he has to pick it up. And again, they're playing so many cupcakes here. It's, it's hard to know exactly yeah. what they have and, and what, and, and, and their readiness and, and their cohesiveness. Uh, Shattenkirk hasn't shown me a whole lot. Uh, and again, he's, he's your third pairing guy. He's a cheap hire, uh, yada, 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 yada. Uh, but, uh, you know, would I like to see more there? That's probably me again, casting through the, I wish they had, uh, Connor Clifton here and somebody with a bit of a snarl. Yeah. A quick quick aside to both of you, uh, and and we'll start with you, Steve. Do you see a world in which the Boston Bruins are going to give Jake DeBrusque seven years, six and a half million dollars to stick around here into his mid-30s? Because I'll be honest with you, I get the feel watching him, watching the way the negotiations are starting to play out. Um, I get sort of Tory Krug vibes uh, with him where it, it's going to be one of those players where they've thank you for your contributions. You've done a ton for us, but we're just not willing to go there with the term and the money uh, to keep paying you. And it's going to be tough to do because he's a kid that can put the puck in the net. He's a top six forward. They don't have a, a plethora of those right now. But I feel like it might be one of those situations where he plays out the year and then he, he goes somewhere else because they're just not, frankly, willing to go that distance uh, with a contract. Steve, what do you think? Yeah, I, I thought of that as well. Um, but like you say, it, you know, by the end of Tory's stay here, I thought he was a luxury that they could no longer afford. Yep. I'm not sure they can afford not to, not to sign DeBras because they, like right. you say, they don't have much, you know, you know, you know, a, a high scoring winger ready to plug in there. And, you know, who knows what Lysel is going to be, if he's ever going to make it. Um, so it's, it, this is a tough one. There's, there's no question about it. Pasta, you know, that contract, he, he's a, you know, he's a 50, 60 goal scorer, you know, you know, you know, they'd find money for him. Yep. This guy's a little bit more of a, you know, the next level down. And, you know, it, sometimes those are the guys that are hard to, you know, land on with the, with the number. Um, it's, uh, you know, his performance so far, the good news is that he no longer has to get on the scoreboard every night for, for you to notice him. You know, he's been great on the penalty kill. He's much better defensively, but that said, you know, he's, he's got to score, you know, that's part of his, part of his job. And he hasn't, he hasn't done it and he hasn't really gotten it many chances either. And that, that's the concerning part. Yep. Uh, anybody else, Steve, that you've watched in the first three games and been uh, not as not impressed with? Um, it, not necessarily individually, uh, but you alluded to it earlier. I'm not seeing that that chemistry between Zaka and Pasternak. Yeah. Um, and that's that's not a knock on Zaka. I, I I love the way Zaka plays. You know, he you know he works his tail off every shift. 
you know, that, that back check last night was, you know, spectacular. It was, it was <laughs> Bergeron-esque. It really was. Yes. yes. But offensively, I just uh, – I am not seeing, you know, them being copacetic right now. Um, and that's a concern because, you know, he – you know, they need to find find Pasenak a center. He's gotten his goals so far. Um, but, you know, haven't seen many tic-tac-toe plays this year. We do have factor meals – uh, to help us out, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit when it does get busy, when it does get crazy, when we do need a, a quick meal. Uh, they fuel you up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. Takes less than two minutes to cook them. They're fresh, never frozen. Meals ready in two minutes, like I said. Uh, they have calorie-conscious options going upscale with some of the things they're offering now, like surf and turf, surf and surf meal options, roasted garlic filet mignon and shrimp and Cajun spiced shrimp and salmon, which is like right in my wheelhouse. This is the kind of stuff I'm all about. So it's got everything for everybody. Uh, there's 34 plus chef prepared, dietitian approved weekly options for meals. Uh, you can get snacks, you can get breakfast items. Like it's, it's, it's a great deal. Um, so if you want to get Factor Meals, uh, go to factormeals.com slash hags50 and use the code hags50 to get 50% off of your fir first box. It's a great deal. Uh, you know, I, I've tried it. It's fantastic. I recommend it to you. We love these ready to, to make meal kits, especially when we're, we're on the go with our kids. So one more time, that's factormeals.com slash hags50 to get 50% off your first box. You won't be sorry if you go to Factor Meals. It gets the hags thumbs up seal of approval. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Do we also think it was uh, – I thought the tweet from Fluto, who's out on the road with the team on the West Coast, uh, talking about uh, Montgomery pretty animatedly calling out uh, the team uh, after the practice yesterday or two days ago in the morning skate yesterday, um, you know, that they were going to get humbled if they came out against the Sharks or anybody else like that. Um, and obviously there's some, you know, built-in sort of excuse whatever – jet lag flight to the West coast that, you know, early in the season, they've had a lot of days off and not played a lot of game. I think there's a lot of factors that could have thrown into that, but I thought it was very interesting from a couple of different perspectives that, that this happened this early in the season. And, you know, part of it is certainly, you know, Montgomery saw something he didn't like. And the other part of it is I think we're already seeing it with him where he knows he's going to have to coach this team a little differently this year than he did last year with Bergeron gone and with a lot of yeah. different personnel. I think there's definitely uh, different buttons and lever uh, he's going to push and levers. He's going to pull as a, as a head coach to get the best out of them. Dupes. What did, what did you make out of that? Yeah. A great subtlety to note. I, I sat down with Montgomery, you know, in the last few days of training camp, trying to tease out this very point from him. Was he, was he going to change his approach at all? And, and he didn't say he would, but clearly he has. And mm -hmm. I think it's a product of two things. First of all, Bergeron and Krejci are gone. And also that they face planted in the playoffs. And part of that was the coach didn't respond under the heat. Yep. Uh, 
And and I think he's I think he got the message from the front office. I think he got the message because he's a he's an intelligent hockey guy himself, and he's not going to be standing there if he notices it. He's going to act on it. Whereas when you've got the leadership that he had before, I think not that Bergeron was coaching the team. I don't want to go that far, but Bergeron on the bench and in the room and in practices and going out to practices had that pulse. I don't, I don't, you know, there should be more in the room that have that pulse, but I think he's realizing just by that. And again, it's not a big deal, but he didn't do it before. Uh, yeah. It was always, and he didn't have to, <laughs> the most successful team in the regular season in NHL history. But yeah, definitely. I that, that caught my ear. And I think we're going to see more of that, that when the time comes, you know, carpe diem, when the time comes, the coach is going to speak up and that that's a good sign. I agree. Do, uh, Conroy, what do you think? Like I, I, I took it uh, as a very positive sign uh, in that press, that end of season press conference, uh, last year when the coaching staff management all got up on the day and said uh, the garden and point by point, Montgomery talked about where he thought he fell short as a coach and things that they could have done differently or things they're going to do better. Like, you know, there was a lot of self-reflection and a lot of accountability, I think, that went into him thinking seriously about where things went wrong in the playoffs and what he could have done better as a coach and they could have done better as a group. And to your point, I think we're seeing him already start to apply that this year and I think that's a very good sign because he, I think he is absolutely 100% going to have to coach this team uh, much differently this year than he did last year. Yeah, he's not blind. He sees the team that he has right now. Everybody knows, you know, th- this is not the team that they had last year, even though we underrated that team too. But yeah. I mean, you lose, you lose, you know, eight or nine guys and three of your four centermen. You know, it, this is gonna it's gonna require some coaching and and some pointed words at times. Um, like you guys said, it was a good sign. You know, if he has to do it every day, that's not a good sign. You yeah, know, but you know, it, it's it, it's good that he hopefully nipped it in the bud early. Um, but we'll see. You know, it's it may this may be a team that needs to whip. A, a lot more often than they did last year when they really didn't need it at all. Because as, as Kevin said, you know, you had Bergeron, you know, everybody followed his lead. Um, so it's, it, this is not the same situation. No. And I think there's probably going to be times where it, they're going to have to get blood out of a stone to score goals and to get yeah. offense out of this group. And it's, it's going to require the coach to, to uh, work them up into a frenzy a little bit more than he probably had to last year. Um, just any anything um, league-wide, uh, not even talking about the Bruins, anything league-wide that's sort of catching your fancy right now, um, caught your attention, something you're interested in, a trend, a, a team, anything like that, dupes, that uh, you've kind of seen in the first week, 10 days that uh, that's that's um, you've made note of? Again, small sample size, with, not even a couple of weeks into it here, but uh... – Carlson made his debut last night for for Anaheim. Got a goal. I'm I'm eager to see him. Uh, yep. You know, is he is he going to be in that sort of uh, Barkov uh, Sundin mix in terms of uh, a player who can be a franchise player? You know, it, it, certainly everything I've heard about him points that way. Again, one game. <laughs> yep. Uh, the Bedard thing. So I wouldn't say anything. Vegas at five and zero oh certainly impresses me. Coming off. Coming off of winning the thing, and then you know, again, as every team has to remodel or retool a little bit, 
I'm eager to see where Eichel goes here in his second year, led them last year in scoring to see if he really does ascend to that superstar center attention type of player. Uh, Montreal's caught my eye because of, you know, shit luck again, to be frank, uh, <laughs> losing doc like that. Uh, yep. again, a guy who appeared to be mo- moving into that role. Uh, so, um, no, you know, there's been some disappointment. I, I thought Rangers would be better. I'm glad to see Detroit and Ottawa after the starts that I thought Detroit and Ottawa would have last year. Finally, they, yep. they're coming yeah. around. So I guess that understand Buffalo being a disappointment too, at least again, handful of games. So what, what, what those all underscore, and I think is offer an interesting comparison to what the team we cover day to day is, boy, once you do become a real, you know, bottom feeder and and i think we're quick in this town to say oh they lost that guy they lost this guy the coach yep. left they're not gonna make it and, and i'm guilty believe me we uh, all did we all did the same thing this season this offseason with the bruins that we did last offseason with them you know and and if thought they're gonna fall off the precipice and they're gonna go off the cliff and obviously they're not gonna be good as good as last year but they can still lose 30 they can lop off 30 points from what they did last year and they're still gonna make the playoffs that's you right. know I, so but by my eye, they still have two, two <coughs> excuse me, two elite goaltenders. Uh, they've got, you know, I, I still, I, I, I yeah. think the defense is overrated in, 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 in uh, often in terms of what Charlie is or he's going to be. But yeah. you know, very good, uh, very good defense, and a, and and two of the two of the best wingers in the game. So you take those five or six, you should be in the playoffs you know, with those five or six players alone, unless you've got some meathead behind the bench. Which they don't. They've got a they've got a sharp coach. They've got a good team. They've yep. got wise guys in the front office, and I mean that with in you know in, in good terms, wise guys. So, uh, you know, they, they should be there. But back to my point before I ramble on even more is when you when you see teams become bottom feeders, yeah, Ottawa, Detroit, Anaheim. Man, it's a long climb back. Buffalo, long. Buffalo hasn't been in. You know, Buffalo hasn't been in the playoffs since the invention of plastic sticks, right? I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's 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 hard to watch those teams. It's hard for those fandoms to stay up. Um, and you know, it, it, I suppose if anything, that underscores the luxury that sometimes Bruins fans don't realize. It's a it's a bona fide team. Is it a bona fide Cup contender? No, I don't think so. But it's a good, entertaining team. And the common denominator with all those teams that you mentioned that become bottom feeders, bottom feeders, I think, is that they all don't have stable goaltending situations. Like I think that's when you fall off the cliff, and that's when you turn into just a bottom feeder lottery team, terrible franchise, stuck in that in perpetuity. Is when you can't land some kind of franchise goalie. You don't have two goalies that can work as a tandem together. Whatever it is in this day and age, where you know there's not a lot of Vasilevskis around that are going to play, you know, sixty to seventy games. Uh, if you don't have good goaltending in the league, you are going to be in that category and it's going to be hard to get out. And, you know, that's why I'm surprised by Buffalo, to be honest with you. I thought Devin Levi was going to was going to play better than he has. And he's been OK. But, you know, he's going through, I think, some of that, you know, what we saw with Swayman, where he got a lot of uh, reps and he came from college to the pros pretty quickly. And I think he, there's, there's a big learning curve there for for goalies. No question about it uh, when that happens. But uh, great points. I, I'm. A big fan of Greg Cronin. I'm interested to see how that whole Anaheim Ducks thing is going to shake out. 
uh, with Carlson and everything out there. I, I'm even more curious to see how Trevor Zegras is going to respond to Greg Cronin, who is certainly going to challenge him to be much more of a two-way player and uh, you know play more winning hockey than uh, try to be on highlight reels with Michigan goals. Um, uh, Steve, anything uh, that stuck out to you just league-wide over the first uh, couple weeks of the season? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how desperate Edmonton gets with goaltending. Um, you know, the, I, I know the new narrative is that, oh, you don't really need, you know, a good goalie, you know, a, a frontline goalie. No. <laughs> ask, ask Edmonton about that. Right. You know, you know, they've got, you know, when they get Ekholm back up and running and, and playing like, like, you know, he can play, they'll be better defensively, I think. But to have have the guys that they have up front, and granted, their their bottom six isn't great, yeah. but to have those two explosive guys, and to have a, a guy like Ekholm in the back, and, and you know, be what they are right now is just unacceptable. And it and not having a goaltender just saps the confidence of the whole team. Um, and, and you know, would they? What would they offer the Bruins for one of their guys? That's you know an interesting question. My guess is that that. Uh, that Allmark does not have Edmonton on his yes trade list, but you know, who knows? I think probably Swayman would be probably an easier move than, than Allmark at this point. But I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself there. Well, Another, we, we, it, jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment. Every time they see it, blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Would would you move Would you move Swayman if, if a trade was to be made there? Because I'm, I... I if I were the GM of that team, under no circumstances would I move Swayman over Allmark. I'm going to do everything I can for Allmark to be that guy that I would package in a trade for a team that's desperate uh, for goaltending. I just feel like Swayman's on a, 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 a rise and ascension where he's going to turn into something pretty special for them. Uh, and I'm sure other teams see that too, and that's why they want him, uh, in addition to being younger and uh, less expensive. But even Allmark's not that expensive on his contract. But no, you know, is, no. is there a universe where you would move Swayman uh, in a deal rather than Allmark? To Edmonton, it would it would be one of two trades probably. Yeah, dry side of Olympic team, and that's not happening. Right. No, uh, more more I'd... likely than not, they'd want you to take Ryan Nugent Hopkins instead. Yeah, and I I don't think I'd make that deal. No. Um, I don't I don't think uh, Nugent Hopkins is a terrific third line center. Um, he's he's okay in the top six, I think. Um, he had a great year last year, hundred points. I believe yep. he had hundred points last year. Yep. But yep. I just I just don't see him as that kind of guy. Um, something that's interesting is, is how well that, uh, Vegas has come out as Ke- Kevin mentioned, um, yep. winning the cup gives, gives Cassidy, you know, some free reign to, to coach the style that he coaches. Um, but you know, they, some of those guys even admitted, I think it was Marshall. So admitted that he had to tell Bruce to step back a little bit during the, the playoff run. And if they don't win, then maybe, maybe this does you, this juggernaut doesn't take off and, and Bruce has to adjust his style a little bit, but they win so he can keep, keep driving hard. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if, if that stays on the, on the rails. I'll be interested to see too, if like winning uh, 
doesn't soften him, but like pulls back a little bit on how hard he's driving them. You know, if there was something in him that was just obsessed with winning the cup after coming so close and losing in 2019, that that was part of what was turning him into that, you know, taskmaster, hard driving kind of coach. And maybe that allows him to temper that a little bit too, just naturally. That's going to be interesting to see. Dupes, what do you think? Well, I, I was impressed his whole time here, and some of that is clearly biased because he was so good to us, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, in, in terms of the coaches <laughs> the we've had to work for, he's, yep. you know, he's first ballot Hall of Fame in terms of that. That's right. Uh, I, I, I always the way these discussions with uh, around Cassidy and the players always hit my ear is it it, it, it underscores what a different breed today's player is, and I'm not saying that's bad, but. You know, yep. Cassidy's approach even 20 years ago would have been considered kid glove, right? So the, the generation of how these kids have come along, the systems, you know, the pandering, the recruiting, and the, you know, we see this in the college in the, in the U.S. market all the time, re- recruiting them to colleges at age in 12 and 13, and and slotting them in. It's it's there's there's a lot there's a lot of uh, cream puff built into the kids who come along. Uh, all I know True. is Cassidy has a tremendous uh, uh, point percentage. I almost said win percentage. I always have to temper that. You know, tremendous point percentage. It's effective. We saw him turning around on a dime here from the Julian era. Um, you know, you can you can pick you can be picking you about some decisions he made. Uh, you know, again, that's what we do. But boy, I think I think he's a tremendous coach. Uh, and that said, you can be all of that. But if but if the culture is what it is, and it's and it's going to keep going that way, he in very short order here, just by virtue of his makeup and genetic uh, approach to the game, he, he may be out of the game because the players are too. And again, I hate to use the word, but let's use it too soft, or they want to be too catered to. Yep. Uh, and and the, the game in general is that way. I, you know, I, they, you know, in terms of feistiness, uh, it's, it's just not there. And with, uh, with us we... anyway, with, with us, I, you know, he was always frank about player assessments with us, yep. but, but I, I never found him to be belittling of players or, or mock a player. Um, he just said it like it was, you know, if, if you need a save, you, you need a save and he'll tell you that. Um, Yep. But you're right. You're right, Kevin. It's it's there's a sensitivity now that, you know, it's that wasn't there 20 years ago. And you know what adds to the uh, cream puff uh, factor and what I think is contributing to it, guys? And I'm seeing this at the youth hockey level. All these kids with the little wheelie bags that they're carrying into the <laughs> rinks where they're not carrying their own hockey bags anymore. Little yeah. Finn Haggerty at 10 years old is carrying his own hockey bag full of equipment over his shoulder into the rink while all these other kids are pulling these little luggage bags on wheels with all their hockey equipment. So it starts at a very young age with all that stuff softening them up, and I'm not a big fan of it. But I am a big fan of both Stephen Conroy and Kevin Paul DuPont. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, for joining me again this week. This is going to be an, uh, another high-rated Bonanza uh, Pucks with Ags episode, star-studded cavalcade here. Let me thank uh, my sponsors real quick, FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, $200 in bonus bets right now guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. 
app is easy to use. So download it, spreads, player props, over-unders, so much more. FanDuel.com uh, slash Boston. And, and now that the NFL, uh, NHL season's in full swing. And let's also thank Factor Meals, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Delicious meals in uh, two minutes. Uh, calorie conscious options dupes in case you, you know, want to get back into swimsuit season uh, bef- way before the summer is here. Uh, just fantastic meals, chef prepared, very healthy. Um, go to he- factormeals.com slash hags50 and use code hags50 to get 50% off your first box. Steve Conroy from the Boston Herald, Kevin Paul DuPont from the Boston Globe. Thank you very much, boys, uh, for the conversation today. Let's do it again in a few weeks. Thank you for listening to the Pucks with Hags podcast. We'll see you at the rink.